Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insights, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now. now. with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Houghton. The Raiders have a new quarterback, and you may be happy or you may not be happy. Jimmy G becomes Jimmy Vegas. The Raiders sign Jimmy Garoppolo. This is Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Also heard on the bet over the air on the radio in Las Vegas. Thanks for being with us. If you don't already subscribe to the show, make sure you do. Just go wherever you get your podcasts and search Silver and Black Today, and you can subscribe to us right there. Do us a favor, put on the auto-download. That way you never miss a show. Things are heating up here in the offseason as free agency started this week. So we're going to be on top of it, and we're going to get going. So please do that as well. If you're watching us on YouTube, hey, how you doing? Make sure you uh, jam in the chat there and have fun with us as we uh, chat with you about the show today. And again, as always, I bring in my partner, my broadcast buddy, and that, of course, is Mr. Mo Moten, uh, otherwise known as Midtown Mo. Hey, look. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and so we got Midtown Mo Mo Moten. He is the NFL national writer over at Bleacher Report. He's a busy dude this week keeping up with everything around the NFL because he doesn't just write about the NFL. He also writes about the Raiders up on sportsnot.com where you can catch his columns there. Follow him on Twitter, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at L-V Gully. All right, Mo. What's the plan? What's the plan of quarterback? Okay, guess what? The plan is Jimmy Garoppolo is now the Raiders starting quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo signs a four-year, three-year deal for... 
Uh, just about $72 million when you include all the bonus. But if you break this deal down, Mo, it's much more favorable to the Raiders, and we'll get into that in a second. Mixed reaction from Raider Nation as they get a guy. I don't know why people were surprised. We talked about this. We talked about him. We talked about system quarterbacks, people who know Josh McDaniel's complicated system, as Derek Carr called it. Derek Carr called it. Uh, and so not a surprise, right? And the word leaked out early on Monday when the tampering period began that the Raiders were talking to Garoppolo. Not surprised. The Jets also were interested in him. The Texans, we heard all kinds of names. But this is the guy that the Raiders decided to have as, I believe, overall – a bridge guy. We'll see what they do with the young quarterback. We'll get in that a little bit later. But not surprised, polarizing as is if the sun is coming up tomorrow in Raider Nation, the Jimmy Garoppolo signing. But, Mo, overall, I want to get your reaction. You and I both didn't have anything against Jimmy Garoppolo's talent. What we've had problems with has been his ability to stay on the field, his availability. Uh, give me your first impressions here, this Raider signing as Jimmy Garoppolo becomes a Las Vegas Raider. My initial reaction, as many in Raider Nation know, I was against Jimmy Garoppolo being the Raiders QB1 for the 2023 season simply because I didn't want the Raiders to overpay for a mediocre quarterback, which Jimmy Garoppolo is, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So when the signing happened, my phone started blowing up. I was I was in Midtown doing my thing at Bleacher Report. My producer, my producer was actually <laughs> making fun of me as I was about to go on air five minutes before I went live. Because I had to actually talk about it at the top of the show, and I said this: I said, while I didn't like the option that they took at quarterback, the route that they're taking, I like the deal for him because basically, if he plays out two full years with the Raiders, he's getting forty-five million guarantees. Based on his pattern of injuries, I have doubts that that's going to happen. But the Raiders basically protected themselves so that if he is hurt. They don't have to pay him a boatload of money. And for a bridge gap quarterback, I think his deal is very fair. The, the raw numbers, the, the face numbers were three years, I believe, what is it, 67.5 million? Yep, yep. So it's about, it evens out to give or take about 22 and a half million if you're looking at the face numbers, but you really care about the guaranteed money. And again, it's about 11, he's scheduled, I believe, guaranteed money, 11.25 each year, including uh, there's an injury guarantee in there. If he's on a roster in 2024, there's another $11.25 So again, as I said, he plays out two full years with the Raiders. He's going to basically get $45 million. If he stays up the third year, he'll get more guarantees, which will go up to, I believe, what he really wanted in, in um, contract talks. Because I think he wanted $25 mil per year. Correct. And those those incentives, there are playoff incentives in there. There's a per game bonus of like, I believe ninety thousand, I believe. Mm -hmm. So again, he has to trigger all of those things to get all the money that they're signing him for. And and again, based on his pattern of play, there's serious doubt that he'll get all of that money anyway. But if he does, you want that because you want your bridge gap quarterback to be healthy. Right. And and to your point, it's incentive laden, so to speak. I mean, you talked mm -hmm. about the eleven point two five million base salary, three point seven five million at signing. So he gets that when he walks in the building. He gets another million on if he makes the roster, which he will. Which workout will. <laughs> if he yeah, as long as he doesn't get hurt. Uh, a workout bonus of two twenty to to do that. So you look at the cap hit is sixteen point three this year, a dead cap of thirty three point seven because of the guaranteed money up front. But yes, you look at that. 33.75 guaranteed at signing, 11.25, we talked about that. 2024 roster bonus, so uh, is is about 11.25 guaranteed again. 
and he gets a pregame active bonus of 90,000. You mentioned that's another million dollars. Mm-hmm. And then he's got another 1.5 million annual playing time playoff incentive. So, so to me, that was, again, we talked about it, the knock. And a lot of people are saying, well, this is kind of a lateral move. You got rid of Derek Carr, Jimmy G, Derek Carr, kind of about the same, although Derek Carr has more numbers, obviously, because he started longer in the NFL, uh, even though they're the same age, by the way. But the mm-hmm. difference is that you're you're looking at it from a much different perspective here because of the money. This allows the Raiders, because somebody asked me on Twitter on Monday, you know, what, what was Carr going to get? Carr was going to get, what, $39 million if he was on the roster next year, uh, total compensation, somewhere around there. So if you look at that, then suddenly you're like, oh, okay. So when you look at the number, <laughs> it's it's much more favorable for the Raiders. And I know it's hard to get excited about. I think Jimmy Garoppolo uh, is above average. I do. I think that when he's healthy, again, when he's healthy is the big thing here. So I could see the Raiders do this. This tells me, Mo, that I think the Raiders have plans to do something else at quarterback. I think they're either going to bring in um, a, a slew of young guys to try to see who can make it, and they'll probably end up drafting. This does not mean they won't draft somebody if they really can do it early in the first round at quarterback. They may if they can get up there. I don't think there anybody will be left at seven. So if they can't get to three, at least they got a guy that says, okay, when you look at the money, we're going to be in this for two years with Jimmy Garoppolo. Either way you look at it, they have the out after next year. If they were to somehow, let's just say the stars align, not saying it's going to happen, and C.J. Stroud, they somehow can get him, and that's their kid. And they go get him, they let him sit for a year, and they can say goodbye Jim, to Jimmy Garoppolo with an $18 million cap hit, or they keep him around as a backup, right? The, the key there is that I don't think this is their plan for the next five years. Uh, now, if Jimmy G goes out and, and has an amazing year or two years – then maybe it changes their plans, but I don't think they're done at quarterback. I don't think they're done at quarterback either, simply because this is not a contract that you pay a quarterback that you're committing to for beyond two years. Right. Anyone who's freaking out about this Jimmy Garoppolo deal, I understand it because I didn't want Jimmy Garoppolo either. But the deal is very palatable. If if Jimmy Garoppolo makes you stick to your, stick to your stomach. Just take a look at over the cap, and there's basically an out after every year. Now, the dead yep. cap money goes down as time goes on. If they let them go after one year, there's a dead cap left over 18.75, kind of steep, but I'm sure they, you know, if they wanted to get out of it, they could. And after the second year, the Raiders will only have a dead cap of about 3.75 million. So, again, this is essentially they're hoping that he can stick around for two years. The way this deal is constructed, they're hoping that he could be their solid starter. For at least through two through 2024 but as you said i think they're still going to draft a quarterback early just simply because the way this this deal is crafted they know what jimmy garoppolo's injury history is they understand that he hasn't played a full season in two of the last what three years right. they under, they understand he's missed 18 games since 2020 so i i would think that this team still wants to draft a quarterback early people are saying well they got jimmy garoppolo he's a surefire starter why would they draft one early just go with the defense and i will say this and i i don't have this source myself but i've been reading the tea leaves and multiple insights multiple reputable credible insights have said the raiders were actually in on trying to get that number one overall pick from the bears yeah it's just the fact that the panthers put in DJ Moore, which tipped the scale in their favor. The Raiders, I guess, weren't willing to put in a player that was better than DJ Moore in the deal. But the Raiders, listen to, just put it in, type it into Google. You all can use Google very well. Just read the, just read the reports. I don't know. The Raiders, the Raiders were in on trying to get that number one overall pick, which tells me that they like at least 
one or two quarterbacks at the top. Yep. So if they if they feel still if they still feel like they can get one of those guys, I I still feel like the Raiders may think about trading up to number three. Now I wouldn't <laughs> do it for Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. But the fact that they were willing to trip to number one tells you that they like someone in this draft and that person could still be available at number three if they're moving up. Yes, yeah, a great point. I, I think what the disappointment with some fans who did not want Jimmy Garoppolo, um, it's really interesting, the discussion, Mo, and you and I talked about this. And of course, it came to a head with the Garoppolo signing on Monday. Well, it's official tomorrow. Uh, but the reported signing uh, is that. Fans completely lose their minds during free agency. We were one hour into free agency, and I had people tweeting, one hour! I had people tweeting at me, these guys suck, they can't, they're not doing anything, I thought they were going to be bold. I'm like, dude, it's one effing hour. One hour. It's, it's amazing to me that people will jump from, they haven't done anything to an hour, to they will be 0-17, Okay. There's people out there who I was, I went back and forth with discussion saying, you got to give the guy pay, you got to give Dave Ziegler three years. You can't base it off one year when he had no first and second round draft pick. No, the expectation is to win right away. Okay. How would that be? Hey, you started your new job. Hey, I expect you to sell, let's say you sell cars. Sell five cars today or you're fired. Well, I just got here. I'm just learning. Oh, sorry. No, it doesn't work that way. And so the emotional. Um, the emotional ridiculousness that you see when this free agent starts. It's, it did last year, too. And then the Devontae Adams trade came. Oh, these guys are great. Let's get a T-shirt with Dave Ziegler's face on it. Now, he's he, again, he's terrible, and they can't win, and we should have just kept Carr, even though it meant $40 million instead of uh, what, what, uh, what uh, Garoppolo's going to get now. It's just amazing to me. I get the emotion, right? I get the emotion. But, but Mo, the Raiders have to fill a lot of spots. You can't declare that they're going to be terrible because you don't like the quarterback. They said, I know it's an important position, but I think people really thought it was going to be, we will have the number one pick and we'll get a superstar young quarterback, or it's going to be Lamar Jackson. Like, I don't think they thought in between. The funny thing is I wasn't here for the Lamar Jackson episode, but I, I heard some of what you had to say, and I and I pushed back on a lot of it. And I was like, the Raiders are not going to give Lamar Jackson a fully guaranteed deal, which he reportedly wants. No. People push back and say he doesn't want a fully guaranteed deal because something that Stephen A. said. And I will say, when's the last time someone has cited Stephen A. Smith as a credible NFL source? But that's a whole <laughs> different subject. The Raiders weren't going to pay Lamar Jackson a fully guaranteed deal, so I didn't even entertain that thought. But as far as the quarterback situation is concerned right now, today, Jimmy Garoppolo's cap number is a lot lower than what Derek Carr's would have been this year. So that's where the Raiders are saving. They have they will have more room to make it to make a deal for a big time free agents. Because I, I'm just saying I'm not a reporter, but I, I have my feelers out there, and I think the Raiders are going to make a big <laughs> signing. If they if, if by the time you're hearing me right oh. now, the Raiders have not made a big signing. They will, I think, by Tuesday. I think a lot of fans would be happy because the other two signings that we'll mention during the show. Brendan face on coming back to the Raiders because he yep. was with the Raiders under Gus Bradley and Marcus Epps, who's coming from safety Marcus Epps, who's coming from the Eagles. To me, those are two underwhelming signings. Yeah, face on can play in a pinch, but let's see what he looks like outside of Gus Bradley's system. To me, Marcus Epps is a third grade safety. He's not a starter, in my opinion. No, he played he played free safety for the Eagles, but he was he wasn't good in coverage. He allowed a 139.1 passer rating and I believe a 73% completion rate or higher last year as a full-time starter. So if that guy is your starting safety 
and coverage at deep safety position, I would be concerned. I think he's more of a special teams, again, third safety guy. I wouldn't get excited about either signing, but I think the Raiders are going to have something brewing pretty soon if they haven't already by the time you're listening to this. Yeah, you're listening to this show either on Tuesday morning or Tuesday during the day. So any signings that happened on Tuesday uh, haven't been reported yet. So that's why you're not hearing about them here. But but I agree. I, I think, again, fans are are wanting to fire everybody already after one day of free agency when the Raiders aren't done. They're not done, and they have a lot of draft. Listen, again, I don't understand. I saw somebody tweet, and I think I sent it to you, Mo, that the Raiders had to sign all five of these guys or it's a failure. It's like, oh, Javon Hargrave, who, of course, signed elsewhere uh, with the 49ers. Uh, And every top free agent, this person said they had to sign or it was a failure. It's like, who goes, who bats 1,000? On free agents that are all making twenty. By the way, if you signed all those guys a year, at at, at it was between eighteen and twenty four million each. You, you can't do it. Left. You yeah. can't do it. I mean, let's be real here. So, expectations and don't. I'm tired. I'm tired. Raider Nation. I'm sorry. If you've been a fan for thirty years and you're tired of twenty years of losing, I don't know what to tell you. It has nothing to do with what these new guys are doing. Last year does. Right, Mo? We were critical of the coach, of the GM, on this show all last year for missteps. They're responsible for that. But your your solution, because you don't like Jimmy G, is to fire everybody and that this this franchise is ass. Well, if that's your goal, go follow Carr to New Orleans. I've seen a lot of fans go back and forth on that because they're like, okay, if you don't want to be – and hey, I get it. If you don't want to be a Raider fan anymore, totally up to you. But most of you I know are not because you're in it till you die. So that's it. But, Mo, uh, the Jimmy G signing, uh, the numbers on the screen are a little off as we got updated numbers before we went on. But I will tell you, um, this is a very team-friendly contract. It's got a lot of built-in for him to stay healthy. And it tells me that if they don't get a quarterback high in the draft this year, then they got their guy for two years. Two years. So they're asking Jimmy G to start for two years. And because then next year, if they don't do well this year, then they have an opportunity to go get a quarterback next year, whether they're high in the first round, somewhere else in the first round, and they trade up and they 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 get capital to do so. So really interesting. Um, closing thoughts on Jimmy G before we go to the break. So closing closing thoughts on Jimmy G spot before we move on. Right, his guaranteed money forty five million is about fifteenth among quarterbacks in the NFL. So that's mid range. Again, to me, that's in the range of what you want to pay a bridge gap quarterback that you're expecting to start for two years. Again, there's an there's basically not after every year, but after two year after the first year, I believe it's about again eighteen point seven five million. So you don't want to have that much on your dead cap. So what that tells me is again, they're hoping for at least two years of healthy right. Jimmy G. But it doesn't preclude them from going up and getting a quarterback that they like, which I do believe they like at least one of the quarterbacks in this draft, maybe two, if they're willing to, if they were willing to trade up to the number one spot. So we'll see if they still move up to number three. I would say no if it's for Levis or Anthony Richardson. I would I would wait to see if one of those guys is available at seven. If you pick those guys at seven, fine, but I'm not moving up for either one of those guys. If somehow Stroud's available at three though, I am blowing up the Cardinals' phone to get that spot to get a CJ Stroud, yes. even if Bryce Young is available. Because I hear that the Panthers are split on who they want at the top between Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. But as for the Rays and Jimmy Garoppolo, most of the articles you read on Jimmy Garoppolo are going to end with if he stays healthy. And I will say this: what I don't want the Raiders to be is mediocre. And unfortunately, right now, until they add some big signs to their defense, because Jimmy Garoppolo isn't coming from San Francisco with that 49ers defense. 
Right. He's coming, he's going from <laughs> playing with a top defense down to a bottom tier defense. So the Raiders have a lot of work to do on the other side of the ball if they want to make this Jimmy G thing work. As of right now, they're still a seven to nine win team, which is what you don't want to be in the NFL because it takes you out of range. And next year for Khalid Williams, Drake May, <clears throat> and you're not exactly a playoff team. So you're stuck in that no man's land. So the Raiders, again, they have a lot of work to do after Jimmy G. Yeah, and, and and for those of you who are complaining about Jimmy G, I just want to point out, I want to use Geno Smith as an example, right? Because you talked about the pay being about fifteen, about fifteenth in the in the in the NFL. Um Geno Smith has one good year now. Geno Smith, we all know his career track through the NFL, right? Career backup, never led his team to a Super Bowl, didn't do any of that, didn't get in the playoff, that kind of stuff. He's gonna get he's gonna make uh about ten million dollars, so just a little less than Jimmy Garoppolo this year. And then in 2024, if he sticks it, if the, if, the, if the Seahawks don't exercise an out, meaning if he has a good another year, he's going to be making uh, 29, almost $30 million a year in his second year. Okay? So I think it's important to compare some of these deals to your point. No, I'm not saying that you should be going out and buying a bunch of Jimmy G jerseys. I'm not saying that. <laughs> what I'm saying, though, is it gives the, the Raiders the room they need to build the rest of their team to pursue a young quarterback this year or next year and still try to get a more competitive balance on their roster. So, Just one final quick comment. I, Scott, I just want to make Raiders fans know that I'm not here to polish a turd and, and tell you it's rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> Again, I, I'm not telling you to go out there and do cartwheels for Jimmy G, but what I'm telling you is if you were going to get Jimmy G, we knew, we talked about this, that he was a realistic option for the Raiders. You just didn't want to overpay for him, and the Raiders didn't do that. And they also protected themselves with these incentives. So you at least can see that at least Dave Ziggler knows what he's doing when it comes to drawing up these contracts. Yep, absolutely. All right, we are going to step aside, take our first break here on Silver and Black today. When we come back, we're going to touch on the rest of free agency. Mo mentioned, of course, the face-on coming back to the Raiders, signing on Monday as well as Marcus Epps, a reserve safety, I guess is what you would call him at best. Maybe just a roster guy to start the season. We don't know yet, but we'll talk a little bit about, um, about that and about what they're going to do with the rest of free agency and what needs they have, how can they can address them. Some of the players we thought they could use are already gone, and we'll talk about that when we come back. You're listening to Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Mo Moten, along with Scott Branson, we are here talking Raiders football. We talked a lot about Jimmy G in the first. And yes, we both were not in favor of the Raiders signing Jimmy G, just to make it clear. Uh, the contract is friendly for the team, though, so there's that 
you can take that away from it, and hopefully uh, they're able to draft a young quarterback. We'll talk about that later as too. All right, Mo, we look at the Raiders and the rest of free agency. As we move into day two, we've seen some guys that, that we've thought that they should uh, compete, especially you wrote a column up on Sports Not. I think it was with 15 free agents the Raiders mm-hmm. should sign. One of them, Jesse Bates, from the safety from Cincinnati, who I thought should have been high on their radar. Guess what? Atlanta comes in, swoops him away, so he's gone. Jordan Poyer, of course, from Buffalo, still out there. He has not signed yet. Uh, he's a guy they could target. When you look at that safety position outside of Marcus Epps, which we're not real overly excited about either, who else left out there? I mean, the Raiders, I think, either cornerback or safety. It could be one or the other. The safeties in the NFL draft this year are not – it's not a deep class. In fact, it's a pretty poor class where at cornerback it's much better. Uh, when you look at the situation with with free agents, are you, is that what you're expecting? Are you expecting one of these safeties to get to Vegas here in the next day or so? Well, Poyer has been connected to the Las Vegas Raiders ever since he got on. I forgot which show he got on, but he said he wanted to go somewhere that was, you know, tax free, nice weather. And people said, oh, got to be Las Vegas, right? So we'll see about that. I, I, again, a lot of outlets have connected him to the Raiders. I don't know. Raiders kind of like their older safeties. They did sign Deron Harmon last year, who I believe is 32 years old. So Poyer is, is about that age, 31, 32. So I can see that being a fit. The other guy I will look out for is Chauncey Garner-Johnson or C.J. Uh, Garner-Johnson. C.J. That's a guy I like from the Eagles because he played a lot of safety last year. He was mostly a slot with the New Orleans Saints for his first three years, and then the Saints traded him to the Eagles. And he pretty much blew up at this free safety position. He he led the league with six interceptions with three other players. So the Raiders need a ball hawk. They were last in turnovers last year with only 13, I believe, or tied for last in turnovers with 13, and they only had six interceptions. So they need someone who's going to – force some turnovers and take the ball away, and C.J. Gardner-Johnson can do that. So those are the two guys that I'm looking at the safety position. Yeah, no, good stuff. And I think that that's – I mean, the safety position, again, you can't – you cannot address it – and with where they're going to pick in the draft, I don't think they're going to address it in the first two rounds, which uh, kind of goes uh, by the wayside there. You also look at cornerbacks. Some of the guys you mentioned, one, of course, is a trade. So the rumor has been that Darius Slay is available. Is Darius Slay, I mean, uh, Jalen Ramsey's gone to Miami. A lot of Raider fans were upset about that. And you brought up a good point I did as well, which was everybody's like, oh, that's all it costs. But no, Jalen Ramsey wants a new contract. So you're taking on a guy, and yes, you the, the, the compensation back as far as picks or players go might not have been that great. And Raider fans look at that and say, why didn't the Raiders do that? The issue is he wants more money. He's not happy with his current contract. The other thing is, I believe he wanted to go to Miami. So it's nothing you yeah. can really do if a player wants to go to specific destinations and they want a new deal. See, I think what a lot of people forget is that you may want a player, but that player may not want to go to your team. That that player may not have your team on their preferred destinations list. And again, he wanted to go to Miami. Miami is going to give him, I, I believe, three years fully guaranteed. So they it were, I think they were two years that he had, and then he added on $25 million guarantee on a third year. So you got to understand that I don't think the Rays were going to be willing to pay him that type of contract. Now, I will say I would call the Eagles about Darius Slade because if Jalen Ramsey went for a third, if Darius Slade wants to play for the Raiders, maybe the Raiders can get a discount on Darius Slade as well. But you also got to remember Darius Slade is 32 years old, so you're not going to pay yeah. a whole lot of money for Darius Slade. So the price should come down on him because of his age. But the, the thing, the tricky thing you have to keep in mind with the Eagles and Darius' contract is that the Eagles will save more money if they trade them after June 1. So if they 
use if they trade them and designate it as a post June one trade, they would save about seventeen or more million. But if they trade him before June one, it would be like three point seven million dollars saved. So the Eagles for them, it doesn't help them much to trade him after June one unless they just really need the draft capital that bad. So if the Raiders don't trade or if no team trades for Darius Slade before June 1, I would still look out for him after the draft because there's a possibility he could be traded during the summer. And if I'm the Raiders, I would circle back. Even if they do draft the cornerback early, I would circle back and ask about Darius Slade because, again, right now it's Nate Hobbs and Amik Robertson and Brendan Faisal, which is not an impressive group. Another guy you mentioned, Mo, was James Bradbury of the Eagles uh, yep. at cornerback. That's one of the names that I really like, and I think he's one of those guys available – that to me uh, would be in their market and would be somebody they would be in on. Of course, we haven't heard that yet, but tell us about Bradbury, why he fits well with Patrick Graham's system. Well, first of all, he had a Pro Bowl year. He had his only Pro Bowl year under Patrick Graham in New York. He had one of his best years. Now, he was a second-team All-Pro this past season. People will scoff at the penalty he had in the Super Bowl, but that was one mistake. He had a real, He had a great year last year, so... Not only has he been consistent, but he knows Patrick Graham's system, and he was a, a good player in under Patrick Graham. So I feel like the Raiders should have signed him last offseason when the Giants let him go. The Eagles swooped him up, and it worked out for them. Yeah. Now you're hearing that they could they could be interested in him again. I think it still makes sense because he's still playing at a high level. Add on James Bradbury. Now it's going to cost you more than $7 million, which is what the Eagles paid for him this past year, but I think he's still a, a, a solid, significant upgrade. Even if you bring back a Rocky Sin, I think James Bradbury is the upgrade over Rocky Sin. Yeah, no question. Um, and looking at the rest of the the needs they have here, I mean, one of the things we talked about, the defensive line, of course, all those Raider fans mm-hmm. – of course, Javon Hargrave. Oh, got to go get him. Got to go to him. And, of course, San yeah. Francisco sweeps in, gives him the money, and that San Francisco defense just ridiculous up front. I mean, just got more ridiculous. Uh, it doesn't seem fair. Uh, but there are guys like Draymond Jones still out there. There are options for the Raiders here. Mo, they have to, have to. Everybody's still focused on the offensive line. When I was arguing this week that, as yes, can they use upgrades on the offensive line? Absolutely. But – they're not. I don't think people are giving credit enough to Jermaine Illuminor and some of the other guys who really did get better as the year went on. I'm not saying that they're a top-line offensive line, but they got better, and I think in some ways the defensive line, especially on the interior, is worse off than the offensive line. Yeah, I agree with you there, and you, you mentioned Javon Hargrave off the board going to the San Francisco 49ers where they're going to have another elite front four. Uh, the, the name I watch out for is Dalvin Tomlinson because he's also played under Patrick Graham. Before he went to the Minnesota Vikings, he was with the Giants, so he's familiar with Patrick Graham's defense. Now, he's not the sack go-getter, but he's definitely going to help you in the run defense. The Raiders do need a 3-T, a 3-technique defensive tackle who's going to generate some pressure. Why not bring back Jerry Till- Tillery? I know that's not going to excite a lot of people, but I would just bring him back at a low cost. Not, I mean, it's not a heavy defensive tackle market now that Javon Hargrave is off the market. Now that Javon Payne has re-signed with the uh, Washington Commanders, he has a huge money extension. So there aren't there aren't any really needle movers out there. I mentioned Dalvin Tomlinson, but again, he's not really known for his pass rushing ability. So the Raiders may have to go through the draft to get their three technique defensive tackle. But as far as the offensive line you mentioned, I, I think eventually they get back with Jermaine Luminar. He has that right tackle spot. I, I'm more focused on the guard position. You mentioned that Sports Not article that I wrote. I have a few. I believe I have a few guards on that list. Mm-hmm. One of them being Dalton Risner. Uh, I think Isaiah, Isaiah Wynn. You know, he played tackle. He has. 
He has some position versatility. He played left guard at Georgia on the collegiate level before he went to the NFL. So I think there's some offensive linemen they'll add. I, I really think they're going to add one or two guards. But as far as the defensive tackle spot, you mentioned Draymond Jones. He uh, he could also be a fit. He's probably the last name that big money deal, but he's going to want, I think he'll command close to $20 million a year. Will the Raiders be willing to pay that? We'll see if you know where he goes and what he gets. Yeah, no, it'll be interesting. Uh, Isaiah Wynn, again, we mentioned the two at offensive line. It's going to be, I mean, we saw the Denver Broncos. Look what they did. They they bolstered their offensive line, and they had to. I mean, what Russell Wilson went through with McGlinchey and, of course, uh, the kid from Baltimore as well. And and so you saw what's happening there. And then add Jared Stidham as their backup quarterback. So the division, that was a surprise. it was a very big surprise. And I know a lot of Raider Nation was counting on Jared Stidham to be the starter this year. That's the one thing I'll say since we're revisiting the quarterback just for a second, which is there were people <laughs> disappointed that it wasn't Jared Stidham and it was Jimmy G and Jared Stidham started one game. Now I understand the money aspect, but now that we have the numbers, not too bad off. And again, you and I both not excited about Jimmy G as the quarterback or Jimmy Vegas, as I call him now. So we'll see how that all goes. Mo, when you look at, I, I, uh, call, Ryan, I call him Jimmy G spot, but <laughs> this is a family show, man. <laughs> all um, right. When you look at uh, uh, linebackers, Jermaine Pratt, Cincinnati, Bengal, uh, and one of those guys, there's not a lot of off-ball linebackers in the draft, by the way, either. There is a couple of good ones, but not not uh, guys that, that necessarily the Raiders are. But you have David Long out there, too, is another guy that a lot of Raider fans talk about. The linebacker position. The linebacking position is not as in demand as what's sort of like the uh, what the running back is on the defense because the position has changed and there's those hybrid spots now. But you look at those two guys, which are two guys that you mentioned in your piece as well, and what's available on the market. Uh, I think that's got to be with Denzel Perryman now gone into free agency. The Raiders got to address the linebacking position, don't they? They absolutely have to. And you mentioned I had David Long Jr. before we went on. He signed with the Dolphins. Oh, there Jermaine you go. Pratt is going back to the Cincinnati Bengals. So that took off See? the two guys that I had my eye on. I have Landon Roberts on the list too as a bargain Landon, bin yep. option. The problem with Landon Roberts is he's not a, he's not very good in coverage. He's more of a two-down linebacker who can contribute on the blitz. So if you need a guy to hit blitz inside, he's your guy for that because he has the speed. He's about 6'1", 238, quick, but again, can't cover. I don't say can't, but he's he's not a he's a liability in coverage. So the Raiders may have to look at the linebacker position in the draft as, along with the defensive tackle spot if they don't make any splashes in free agency. But I will say that, you know, who who knows? There could be a guy out there that gets traded because on Monday, even before I did my live show, there were guys out there requesting to speak with other teams. Austin Eckler from the Chargers yes, requesting yes. to speak with other teams because he was trying to get a new deal. So every year there is a surprise trade that we don't foresee happening because the guy wants a new contract and the team is not willing to pay him that. So I would just look out for, for trades that could happen. There was a tweet that I put out earlier on Monday and I said, the Raiders should make a call for Patrick Queen. And I yeah. think it's a good, I think it's a, it's a realistic uh, possible trade simply because the Ravens acquired Roquan Smith from the bears and they gave him a new five year, hundred million dollar deal. You don't see teams paying two inside linebackers big money contracts. No way. No way. And Eric DaCosta, the general manager of the Ravens, was very noncommittal about Patrick Queen's, Queen's future, which means he's probably not going to resign him on a big money deal, being that they got Roquan Smith. If I'm the Raiders, I'm calling for Patrick Queen because he vastly improved last year under that Raiders defense. Absolutely. All right. We're going to step aside for our final break. 
When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about the league. We'll talk about as at the time of recording, things are changing so quickly and things are so happening so fast that we may end up talking about things that have already changed by the time you listen to it. That's just the nature of the biz, if you will. Uh, we're not NFL Network. We can't be on the air for 12 hours just waiting for things to happen. Like I watched this morning. It's kind of interesting. Uh, but anyway, we'll do, uh, we'll do that when we come back. We'll go through some of that. Where's Aaron Rodgers going to end up? We already have reports that he has been traded. We'll talk about that when we come back, as well as how some of these other movements could affect the Las Vegas Raiders. He is Mo Moten. I'm Scott Goldbranson. This is Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast covering the Las Vegas Raiders. We'll be right back. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. The home stretch here on Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast, or if you're listening to us over the air on uh, uh, the bet in Las Vegas, I almost said 1140. That used to be the call numbers. Now we're on 98.5, the bet in Las Vegas. All combined there in station. So if you're listening to us over the air, thanks for being with us. He is Momo, national NFL writer for Bleacher Report. He is working his tail off this week. As the league New Year starts, you can follow him on Twitter, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. He also writes specifically about the Raiders on SportsNot.com. Catch his columns up there. You can follow me at LV Gully, but I'm not taking crap this week. I've already <laughs> muted a lot of you because you're not using your head. Uh, but anyway, follow me there. Have some fun. So many great Raider fans, but so many just, I just can't believe what these keyboard commandos out there but anyway, uh, we love engaging with you. Also, the show, SNB Today. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hit the auto-download. And if you're watching us over on YouTube and you're chatting right over there on the other side of Mo, thanks for being with us. We appreciate you. Hit the subscription and the notifications bell. Okay, Mo, uh, as we are recording the show, Trey Wingo, who I I mean, I like Trey Wingo a lot. Don't get me wrong here, but I can't remember the last time he like he broke a big story. No offense to him. But he says the Jets are trading uh, for Aaron Rodgers and that it's a done deal. My anticipation is by the time people listen to this show Tuesday morning, they'll be reading Mo Moten writing about it on Bleach Report or somebody about Bleach Report writing about it. <laughs> this will probably come to fruition. They're going to wait for the next uh, for the, the news cycle to cycle through. But it looks like Rodgers, no surprise, is going to follow in the exact same footsteps of Brett Favre, who when he was finally done in Green Bay, went to the New York Jets. Um, I like the move for the Jets from the perspective of competitive on the field. The money, I don't know what it's going to do to that franchise who has a young core now. It's really weird. Uh, we'll have to see how long and what the trade parameters might include, including length of time, because Aaron Rodgers threatens to retire basically every year. So tell me what you think about the Jets. I know people are going to call you a Jets fan now because you're talking about a team other than the Raiders. But oh, tell man. me what you think of this. If this deal is indeed done, as Trey Wingo is reporting uh, this evening as we record, uh, tell me what you think of it and, and what it means for the New York Jets. I think it means the New York Jets are going to be a playoff team. Regardless of what your opinion is of Rodgers personally and his darkness retreats and all the stuff that he does, 
he can still play at a high level. Now, I know the Packers lost to the Lions in their chance to go to the playoffs in the last week of the season last year, but he's going to elevate that Jets offense immediately because when you're going from Zach Wilson, the corpse of Joe Flacco, <laughs> to Aaron Rodgers, your, t- your offense is definitely going to be markedly better. So remember, this is a Jets team that was in the thick of a playoff race until a post-Thanksgiving collapse. I think Rodgers will get them over the hump. They're, are they a Super Bowl contender? I don't think so. But they're definitely a playoff team in a tough AFC conference. So if it is true that Rodgers goes to the Jets and Trey Wingo is correct, our Jets fans should rejoice about that because that means they'll they'll come up from obscurity and be a relevant playoff contending team again. Yeah, and, and have a, a star at quarterback. I mean, really, I mean, somebody, they haven't been able to say that in a long, long time. And I think that, um, yes, I know there's going to be a negative bent towards it because of Aaron Rodgers in the last couple of years and his personal uh, personality, whatever you want to call it, whatever the people's personal issues are with Aaron Rodgers um, will come into it. But for the Jets, they're basically saying, all right, we're going to hope if they can get him to commit to two to three years, they got a window, right? They're going to have to take advantage of this window. It's going to be tough. The AFC is stacked. But if the trade is happening, they suddenly go from having no quarterback, really, to having one of the best, a guy who will be a Hall of Famer. Uh, and that's going to maybe attract some free agents, too, over the next few days as well to the Jets uh, because people want to jump in on that. Can you imagine, though, if Aaron Rodgers decides he wants to retire or doesn't want to play for the Jets and the Jets miss out on him? What is plan B there? Because uh, do they go all in on Lamar Jackson? Because now that the Raiders have taken Jimmy Garoppolo off the table, they're left with scraps if it's not Lamar Jackson. And I think the gamble, this is a huge gamble to sit here and wait for Aaron Rodgers, not knowing ideally, you know, for sure that he's going to come to New York. Yeah, and, and, and it's interesting because this was part of the conversation on Monday throughout the day in NFL media, and even though you and I didn't want, and a lot of Raider fans didn't want Jimmy G on the Raiders, like that was the setting of the market, right? So the market, and he was, in essence, with Carr already signed in New Orleans, um, and he was kind of the guy. He was the number one free agent target. He was, and the Raiders snatch him up for a pretty, pretty good deal, and then now the Aaron Rodgers domino is going to fall. And so then there's Lamar Jackson sitting there. You have the, the other, the, the, the rest of the guys like Baker Mayfield and Jacoby Brissett and those guys that are out there, but nothing really exciting. Not only would it screw the Jets, but then also if Rodgers does go to the Jets or he retires whichever way, um, the commanders too are in a bad spot. They got nobody either. And so there's a couple teams that don't have a high draft pick that are looking for quarterbacks, and they're just going to have to take one of those journeymen. The commanders are so weird to me because they're trying to tout Sam Howell as their QB1. I, I don't buy that, but it seems as though, based on how they're moving in phrase, it seems, that it seems as though they're okay with Sam Howell unless they're just going to make an aggressive move for a quarterback in the draft. I don't know what's going on with the commanders. I'm sure Raider fans don't care, but, <laughs> but it's just... But for the Raider fans who are upset about Jimmy G, just understand that, yes, we didn't want Jimmy G as you know as the top option. But a, a yeah. lot of that was because of his injury history and because I was, again, they were projecting that Jimmy G would get about 30-plus million. Now, it turns out that he's not getting that. He's not even getting close to that unless he, he's fully healthy for the next two years. So, again, I just want to reiterate this. While we don't like the quarterback or the Raiders as – 
not as a person, Jimmy G, I, we don't know Jimmy G as a person, but <laughs> we prefer that the Raiders have went cheaper at the quarterback position so they could spend more on their defense. But looking at this deal as we went through in the first segment of the show, the first block of the show, the deal the Raiders put together for him, masterclass there. And I, I'm not going to applaud the Jimmy G thing as, oh, the Raiders are going to be in the playoffs, but at least they, again, at least they know what they're doing when it comes to, to cutting and, and signing these deals. He saw it with Derek Carr. They moved off of him because of contract implications. People like, oh, they did him dirty, whatever. This is all about money and contracts. And for right yep. now, Dave Ziegler at least knows, Dave Ziegler and his cap team at least know how to maneuver the cap and maneuver contracts to get the best value when they sign or let go of a player. What are you talking about? They're terrible. They should have been fired. Okay. Um, <laughs> just kidding. But it's interesting. The other, the other big domino is Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson, I mean, you heard my show about it, uh, but also, um, listen, I think Lamar Jackson's going to find out, especially since he has no representation. I know people are making fun of his mother's helping him and all that stuff. But the reality is he should have an agent, but he's decided not to. And so I think what's going to end up happening is somebody will tender an offer to him, but it's not going to be for all the guaranteed money he wants, which then allows the Ravens to meet it. And to basically and to, to, to come in and ma match the offer. I think that's what's going to happen. I know a lot of people are like, oh, why don't you try? I don't think any team, I just can't think of one, and maybe I'll be proved wrong, that's going to be crazy enough to guarantee all the money. Now, they might guarantee less money, of course, they would. But I can't see any of those teams. But, Mo, I will say that there are a couple teams that I would watch for. I would watch for Washington, Okay. I would watch for, believe it or not, I know we keep hearing the opposite, I would watch for Miami, right? Uh, and a couple other teams that might tender an offer to him. But you're, uh, do you agree with me? You, you see him back in Baltimore like I do? I see him back in Baltimore simply because I don't think he's going to get the guaranteed deal that he wants. And that, and I think, remember we had an emailer a couple of weeks ago? Mm -hmm. And he, he asked me about my my thoughts on people are afraid to criticize Lamar. Yes. When the whole Lamar Jackson stuff went down on Twitter, I, I, I think I was one of the few people to say, yeah, I mean, he wants a fully guaranteed deal, you know, by all means, go try to get your money, Lamar Jackson, you know, because you, you're the one putting your body out there on the line. So if you want that, go, go out there and try to get it. But you can't be uh, surprised that teams don't want to pay $250 million guaranteed to a player who played one full game in December and January over the last two years. One full game at the end of the season over the last two years. Yeah, but I was the, told, I, I, Mo, I was told on Twitter that all quarterbacks get hurt. That's true, but Lamar Jackson has missed 11 games over 11. the last two years in December and January. At, You're going to pay a quarterback at the most important much. time of the year. Yeah. At the most important time of the year. So you're going to turn around and pay a quarterback $250 million after that type of availability record? Can you yeah. imagine, Scott, working at a business and a, an employee comes up to you and says, you know, I want a new contract. I want a fully guaranteed contract. But you look at his record and he's missed like the last two months of work. And, yeah. and, and it's been a pattern over the last two years. And it's a contract that's not common in your business. You right. have to understand right. that people went and jumped on this. Oh, it's collusion. It's collusion. No, I think teams just looked at his record and said he's missed some games. He runs a lot. I'm not saying he's a running quarterback because I fully believe Lamar Jackson can operate in a pro-style offense. Yeah. But he does run a lot, and he's prone to get hit and right. get hurt. Or do you want to pay a player that much money 
and he plays that style of football. Yeah, and and low in pass attempts, not all his fault. He doesn't he doesn't call the plays. He doesn't run the offense. That's changing in Baltimore this year. So you should see that go up a little bit. But yeah, I mean, we heard that. We heard the collusion thing, and I won't revisit it because it's just asinine. We heard the racial stuff, which is just crazy, right? You talked about it a couple weeks ago on the show. And um, I had people come at me when I did the show solo last week because you're on assignment. And people were coming at me with the racial stuff. I'm the white dude. Oh, yeah. If you would. Uh, and there's so much data to the opposite. It's just stupid. And and you're and you've heard me for three years on this show, Mo. I, I'm a Lamar Jackson fan. I love the guy's talent. But just like Jimmy G today with the Raiders or Monday with the Raiders. Listen, a guy has a, a couple good years. He's good quarterback. But if he if you're unsure about his availability, that will give you pause in how much you're willing to pay. Now, I'm not comparing Jimmy Garoppolo to Lamar Jackson. They're not even the same league, okay? But what I am saying, though, is you're not going to give a guy $200-plus guarantee if he's not healthy. And then people say, well, what about Deshaun Watson? Deshaun Watson was suspended. He wasn't hurt. It's a different thing. I'm not excusing what Deshaun Watson's accused of doing. I'm just telling you, you can't – everybody wants to compare apples to apples when they're apples to freaking blueberries, right? They're, they're completely different situations, and you can't compare. And Lamar Jackson is an amazing talent. He's on his own level, but he has to be realistic. And I think if he had an agent, he'd probably already have a deal, and he'd be signed long-term in Baltimore. Here's one of the issues with – I don't want to say issues. Here's one of the complications. Lamar Jackson can't – negotiate so to speak with teens until wednesday because he doesn't have an agent so this legal tampering period that we have monday and tuesday is so so agents can negotiate with teams but because lamar doesn't have an agent technically he can't legally tamper with another team so he doesn't have that go between so he has to wait till wednesday so it kind of pushes back his time where he can sign an offer sheet but the whole lamar jackson collusion thing it to me the collusion is I don't think teams, and by teams I mean owners, don't want to see a trend of quarterbacks getting fully guaranteed deals because if Lamar Jackson gets it, then Justin Herbert, then Jalen Hurts, then Joe Burrow are also All going to have fully guaranteed deals. So I don't think teams – I just think that's why you saw a bunch of teams come out and say, we're not interested, we're not interested, we're not interested. The truth is they are interested. They just aren't interested in signing him to that fully guaranteed deal. And again, they don't want that to be a trend. So if there's any collusion, I believe that's part of the deal. But I think you can come to a conclusion that we don't want to pay Lamar. Not It's just not about Lamar Jackson. It's not a personal attack against Lamar it's Jackson. Business. This is business. We just don't want to see a trend that's going to make it hard for other teams to negotiate with quarterbacks when it comes down to giving them extensions. Yeah, and, and, and again, I'm trying to figure out how to say this so I don't sound too angry about it. But the, the point is, you look at a lot of media who are suddenly PR people for Lamar Jackson. How could no one give him an offer? I mean, oh my, this is what is wrong with the league? I'm like, first of all, you're a reporter. Shut up and report. Number two, number two. Yeah, well, it's true, though. It's like, when, are, when do reporters advocate for players and, and getting contracts? Like, come on, just report about it. But anyway, um, you have that, and you you don't have to have. Look what Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes got his career deal with the Chiefs. Okay, he didn't get all that guaranteed money. He didn't get he didn't get it all every single penny guaranteed. He did it in a way. He still got made full. Don't get me wrong. He got a great deal, but you can't tell me you can't take care of a man and his family for the rest of their lives and make him your career franchise quarterback. But you have to give him to it. What the Haslam's did in Cleveland, I had some people disagree with me on this, is ridiculous. 
They're stupid. They pay for a guy who hasn't played in two years. I like Deshaun Watson as a player before everything happened, but I'm just telling you, why would you do that? And then you get the comparisons to the NBA. Well, they have guaranteed. NBA is not the NFL, folks. People are not running and getting hit by 300-pound men in the NFL. It's not the same. You cannot compare them. And so I understand NBA players are tweeting, oh, I hope my brothers in the, NBA, in the NFL get guaranteed money. It's not the same. It's not even an argument. You whether Am I defending the NFL ownership and their greed a lot of the times, most of the time? No, I'm not. I'm just telling you the realities of the business. And if you want the NFL to continue like it is, you cannot do that. I always say I want to see players get their money. That's why I say Lamar Jackson, if you want them, if you want that $250 million, go out there and try to get it. But what I'm going to tell you is these teams are going to push back because even Lamar Jackson's um, team owner, Steve Bashotti, when Deshaun Watson signed that fully guaranteed deal, he basically said it's a mistake. Specifically that guy, especially that guy, given Deshaun Watson after what he had went through all those sexual allegations, you don't want to see that guy get that type of deal. But on top of that, he just kind of made it a point that you don't, we don't really want to see anyone get that because we, as of right now, we see teams go go through, you know, these long contract negotiations with players, and this is what this is before the guaranteed deals. You know, people will say, well, what about Kirk Cousins? Because remember, if you remember, Kirk Cousins had a three-year fully guaranteed deal, but he he was on a much lower scale compared to what Lamar Jackson is asking now. And the other thing is, now it will become a trend. What's that old saying goes? One is a blip, two is a trend. So yeah. Watson got it last year. Lamar Jackson gets it this year. There's going to be someone next year, even after Lamar All those Jackson said, Burrow, yeah. Hurts, and Herbert yeah. are going to say, right. well, what about me? I deserve a fully guaranteed deal as well. So, again, yeah. I'm not against Lamar Jackson. I also push yeah. back against people, again, that call him a running quarterback. I actually think he could be a proficient passer. But you yeah. also have to understand people say he never had a number one wide receiver. But what people don't understand or remember is – Hollywood Brown was there. He's not a number one, but Hollywood Brown asked to leave Baltimore. He asked, he requested a trade. They weren't throwing the ball. They weren't throwing the ball. Now, part of that, I'm not going to put that all on Lamar Jackson. No, of course not. Roman, but he asked to leave. So you can't really blame the Ravens for for not having number one because I think it's it goes to the offensive coordinator and some of it to Lamar Jackson because some people still question him as a passer. Again, I'm not one of those people, but you have to understand these are where the questions and concerns come from. Right, and and they've not had, I don't think, anybody in Baltimore on the coaching staff to actually be there to develop Lamar Jackson. He's so mm-hmm. good in, in in natural talent that he is who he is, but if you had somebody good there um, that, that helped him, I think he could be better. So we'll have to see, but that whole situation, you know, we'll see how it all happens down, but free agency, all the deals that could happen over the next few weeks are going to be interesting. But the last thing I'll say about the contracting in the NFL is, the beauty, the reason why the NFL has the highest ratings and all that stuff is because a team can win four games one season, win 10 the next, be in the playoffs and make a run. The parody in the NFL that we sometimes get bitchy about and complain about is what keeps interest of fans in all of the cities, okay? Even like you see what's happening in Detroit. You could, because of the contract structure, if you had all these guaranteed contracts, Mo, and a team went all in on Lamar Jackson and Lamar Jackson ends up just sake of argument, not saying he would, busting out and just not doing anything. That team is hamstrung. They will not be good for 10 years, right? So so that's the other thing that is the beauty of the NFL. Not saying, again, like Mo said, guys deserve every cent they can get. Go get it. Get as much as you can. Got no problem with it. But the guarantee thing, I don't think is ever going to happen. So 
final prediction on this Lamar Jackson thing. I actually think he winds up back in Baltimore because Baltimore will match if a team doesn't give him a fully guaranteed deal. But if he if he's not back in Baltimore, the team I could see him going to and fitting well with is Atlanta. Because mm-hmm. he has a good rapport with Mark Andrews, who's a top tight end. Atlanta has Kyle Pitts. They have Drake London, who came on late last year. Atlanta has some pieces. You mentioned earlier in the show they added Bates on the defensive end, so they're going to be better defensively. I think a Lamar Jackson would fit in Atlanta. People say Michael Vick, Michael Vick. I think Lamar Jackson is a bit better passer than Michael Vick, but that's just my opinion. Oh, no no question that he is uh, overall. And I think just, yeah, just a better quarterback overall. All right, Mo, that's going to uh, end it for us. I know people can watch your stuff up on Bleacher Report the rest of the week. You're going to have a lot of work going on. Anything? Are you, are you doing anything on the Raiders in the next few days? Today is Tuesday. Okay. Uh, on Sports Not around the Jimmy G signing, around you're going to do a piece on all of the signings. You let me know. So, yeah, I'm going to be super busy this week. I can't even guarantee that I'm going to be here Wednesday. I should be here Wednesday <laughs> with Scott. I'm not going to scare anybody, but I'm done being Midtown Mo for the week. I did my live show on Monday. <laughs> I had my initial thoughts on Jimmy G. So, this week, I'm just going to get sit down on my computer and, and, and get back to the writing portion of what I do. And I'm going to break down the Jimmy G contract and what it means for the next two years and why the Raiders should still be aggressive in getting the quarterback in the draft. Yeah, that's good. So make sure you do that. Follow Mo on Twitter, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. And Mo, uh, Wednesday, we have a visitor. We have a guest. Brian Baldinger will be with us. Baldy will be with us. We're going to have him break down Jimmy G. We'll ask him too, hey, is this a lateral move? If it is a lateral move from a quarterback perspective, you're 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 saving about twenty million dollars a year at least. So that could be two very good players, by the way, or one very good player and another player. So we'll talk about that. We'll get his reaction on that as well as his reaction to the rest of the Raiders moves to come and also the rest of the NFL, especially the AFC West, which has been very active. So we'll see how that all goes. But Baldy will be here and we'll have fun with him, I'm sure. We should get him to do a Baldy breakdown. I always love his Twitter breakdowns. Absolutely. We'll do a baldy breakdown of Mo getting out of the limo into the Bleacher Report (laughs) studio. Oh, my goodness. The Midtown Mo breakdown. Oh, my goodness. I I, I appreciate anybody, everybody who's been calling me that because my producer today actually called me Midtown Mo before we went on there. He did. He said, he said, Midtown Mo, we got you back today. I was like, oh, man, he's got they got my producer Ian calling me Midtown Mo. So. Thank you, everyone, who's been addressing me by the name is really catching on. I appreciate I, it. I love you. Yes. When he's at Bleach Report, if people don't call him Midtown Mo, he hits him with a ruler. <laughs> <laughs> he's getting, he's, it's, it's just getting to be a thing. You got to be careful. Yes, so if you see is. him in person, it's Mr. Midtown Mo. Shout out to everyone on Twitter using it. Like, it's not even more. It's, it's, <laughs> it caught it's, on, it's, man. Yes, yeah, it caught on. It's Midtown Mo. People just don't just say Mo. They actually put the extra effort in to put the Midtown in there. So I appreciate you all for that. It's Midtown Mo. See, it all it all starts when you have your own theme song, right? It does. It definitely does. It definitely helps. It definitely all right. Helps. In addition to Brian Baldinger on Wednesday, we will also get to your questions. We got a flood, as you can imagine, Mo, on Monday after the Jimmy G signing uh, of emails and tweets coming to us for the show, for the mailbag segment. So we'll get to that as well. All right, my friend, take it easy. All right. Uh, I'll be here. I mean, on Twitter, if you guys have any thoughts, tweet them at me. I may not share my thoughts right away because I want to save it for sports, not with the writing. I want to save it for Scott and Brian Baldinger when he's on with us. But just hang in there. Send those emails. We'll definitely get to those when when we're back on air. We will. Thanks, my man. All right. For Mo Moten, for our producer, David Stepanian. 
I am Scott Colbrands, and this has been Silver and Black Today. Take it easy. Everybody, relax. Have a drink. Have a cup of tea if you don't drink. Whatever it takes to kind of calm those nerves a little bit. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. We'll see what the Raiders do over the next few days. I'm Scott Colbrands, and this has been Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. We'll talk to you next time, everybody. Bye-bye.